Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Inside Scoop. I'm your host, David Owen. Today we're going to dig into something that doesn't sound very fun, but it's really important for us to talk about, and that's suicide prevention. To help us understand this very complex issue, I've asked Cobb Supervisor of School Counseling Advisement and Crisis Response, Dr. Melissa Marsh. You prefer Missy or Melissa? Missy's great. Okay. Uh, To be on the, the podcast today. So thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Your job title does not just roll off the tongue. That's a lot. Let me go back. What, what did that say? Uh, school Counseling Advisement and Crisis Response. That sounds like your, your world is big. It is. So I have lots of buckets, as I like to say, <laughs> and never really know what's going to happen from day to day. But it's lots of opportunities as well. Okay. Obviously, if we're talking about uh, suicide prevention, that's that's a heavy subject. Is your entire job that all day? Because that could wear a person down fast. It could. Luckily, it's not. I have some great moments where I get to work with school counselors, administrators, students. I love going to schools and working with students. So I have lots of very happy moments in there as well. That's good. And and, this is an audio only podcast. And folks, all I can say is that voice and the face that's with it match. Okay, (laughs) This lady smiles like nobody's business. And it's it's awesome. So. How big of an issue is suicide and society at large? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge issue. So on a national Mm. level, we're talking about the second leading cause of death for students ages 10 through graduation. And that's only second to all accidents combined. Like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And that's on a national level, right? But the state statistics really do mirror that. Really? So it's pretty mm-hmm. much the same all the way across. It is. Wow, that is, that's heartbreaking to hear that. Um, now, uh, some say just even talking about it can cause somebody to think about committing suicide. Is that, is that true or is there? It's not. It's okay. one of the most prevalent myths and it's definitely one of the stigmas that's uh-huh. out there, right? There's lots of... Fear when it comes to talking about suicide, that we might implant the idea into somebody's head. As a solution for whatever they're facing, right? Absolutely, right? And luckily, that's not true, right? If you talk about suicide, if you ask about suicide, it just lets somebody know that you're a safe person Uh that they can talk to. And you're tuned into them, too. Absolutely. You're aware that there's something going on. If they are not thinking about suicide, they're going to tell you. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not thinking about it. But it also opens the door to have all kinds of beautiful conversations. If they are thinking about suicide, uh-huh. now you're a safe person that you can explore that conversation. Why are you thinking about it and what help and resources can we get for you? So uh, just asking, first of all, expresses concern. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what what is what do you find as a common thread, you know, behind somebody, a, a kid having that kind of a ideation for thinking that suicide is their solution? Is there any one thing that's common or is it just everybody's different? Unfortunately, there isn't. Oh. There are lots of different reasons why individuals, adults or students might think about suicide. Uh-huh. The commonality is that there's some kind of loss 
right? So the individual is feeling some kind of loss in their life okay. and they don't know how to deal with it. So it's really the individual's reaction to a situation. And that's the commonality there mm-hmm. is how a person reacts to their life events. So as adults, I know with teenagers, it's really easy to hear them express some, you know, so-and-so dissed me at school and everybody laughed Mm -hmm. at me. And and as adults, we kind of have a tendency to go, okay, get over it, right? Yeah. Is that harmful to do that? Because I need to stop if that (laughs) – I'll just be candid. I mean, but but really, it's kind of frustrating to an adult – to hear a child who seems to be uh, upset over something trivial to us, mm-hmm. but it's big in their lives, I'm, I'm sure it's the wrong response. I love how you just said that, <laughs> right? So developmentally, they are, of course, not at the same place that we are. Uh-huh. And so it's about meeting them where they are, right? And what their reality is. So what is trivial in our life might be their entire world and trying to really understand their perspective. Now, do students say all kinds of things that might bother them or as they go through the day? Absolutely. But knowing when something is on that large kind of grandiose scale, Uh that it is really weighing on them. Um, And for some students, if we're thinking about our elementary schools and some of our littles, right? Yeah. Those children, it could be the loss of a pet, right? It could be something that for us, it's sad, but maybe not life-changing. But for them, it could be life-changing. So a minute ago, you were talking about, you know, the, the age range of the statistic you gave started at 10, mm-hmm. I mean, and think that, about what grade a 10-year-old is. fourth grade, right? Usually fourth or fifth, yeah. That's astounding. And it's just, it's how they see whatever their challenge is. That's it. It's their reaction to what's happening in the world. And that's why we have to meet them where they are. They're not able to cope with it at that point. You got it. Yeah. Our students don't have a lot of coping skills right now, and it's helping them to develop those coping skills. So uh, where do those coping skills come from otherwise? Is it just through... Social interactions? Is, how, how does that happen? So they come from lots of different places. Hopefully they're learning coping skills at home with their families, uh-huh. with their siblings. Hopefully they're learning them with their interactions with their friends and their peers. Hopefully they're learning them in the classrooms with their teachers and through education as well. So they come through all kinds of both positive and negative interactions And they develop those coping skills in a safe environment Uh so that they know what that looks like. And then for the next time that they have a challenge, they can build upon it. Okay, so maybe they uh, maybe they get a a, a bad test grade, for example, Mm -hmm. in in third grade. Teacher hands it to them. Maybe it's not the best teacher in the world. Shakes her head, you know, a little bit of a frown and the kid feels really bad. That's by the way. That's not a cop teacher, just for the scenario. <laughs> of course not. Okay, no. Yeah. Um, but that little bit of negative feeling, the student has to learn how to take that and turn it into a, a positive, i.e., uh, studying harder for the next test. That that sort of thing. Is that kind of what Absolutely. you're saying? Is the building process? Yep. What can we learn to do different next time? Right. right. Maybe I haven't mastered this skill yet. Uh-huh. But how can I use this as a learning 
and teachable moment. So I would guess even the playground would be a, Definitely. a place for uh, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. right? Any okay. kinds of social interactions. So uh, every kid, every parent, everybody experiences bad things in life, and we all have down days. How, what should parents and guardians look for in their child that could be a, a red flag? Because you don't want to how was your day at school? Uh, by the way, were you thinking about suicide today? That's not a good approach, I presume, right? Definitely, okay. yes. All right. So so what do we look for to before we, we even broach that subject? Such a great question. And it's not only parents, right? Friends, mm. teachers. Yeah, that's a good point. Anybody in the lives of students or peers, right? Uh-huh. We're really looking for changes. We're looking for those invitations that individuals kind of float out. So we're looking in physical changes, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes you might see some physical changes. You're looking at changes in personality or attitude. You're looking at an individual who all of a sudden might become withdrawn when before they were very engaged. Um, Maybe they start experimenting in ways that they might not used to and engaging in risky behaviors, whereas before they wouldn't Um, teachers might notice grades dropping, right? Or attendance issues. Um, Or they might start doing things that are very overt, like giving away their possessions or saying things like, I don't want to be here anymore, right? Or I just can't take this, right? We tend to see some students who will even be um, very obvious in their art classes, in their literature classes, because they have that freedom of expression. Yeah. And so they're able to maybe journal about it. Okay. Now that, that presents a question of, um, you know, a, a teacher receives a, a, an essay, let's say. Yeah. And it's got something in it that's really dark. Mm-hmm. Okay. When should that teacher do something about that. I mean, is that does that become a formal thing? Is that just an info? Tell us a little bit about how that works. Luckily, our teachers do a great job with this. They uh-huh. are trained in what to do if okay. they see any kind of suicidal ideation, and they know that those kinds of warning signs to take seriously. And so they would take that information and check in with the student, but also notify our point of contact. And in our buildings, those are the school counselors. Okay. And so that way we can assure that the student is safe and that they have the appropriate resources and we can always check in with the enrolling adult as well. I, I was going to say, at some point, the parent is of course. <laughs> pulled of in. Course. I mean, we are one team. That's and, it. And uh, being able to look out for this this child's future success means here and now we got to deal with, with possible issues. That's right? it. The student's safety is of utmost importance to ensure their success. Okay. Let's say that the parent uh, got a call from uh, the child's teacher and teacher was was concerned about uh, something in the essay. Give us an example of what a good response from a parent would be to that child when they got home. Sure. So a counselor calls a parent and says, I've had a conversation with your student and I have some concerns about their safety. Are you available to come in? Right. Because, of course, we always, as you said, want to work as one team and hopefully have that family member come in so that we can work together to ensure the safety. 
if the parent's able to come in, then we'll go through everything together, right? And make sure that they kind of understand the conversation, but also what to look for at home in Mm. terms of how to watch their child, what kinds of things that they want to be on the lookout for, making sure that their student has appropriate resources in terms of next steps, whether it's a member of our coalition list, um, and also following up with us the next day as the student returns to the building. So okay. just lots of check-ins and checkpoints. Yeah, and and you're equipping that parent. Of that's, course. That's huge. Now, I assume that's done apart from the student because the student's are very smart. They can shape what the parent sees, right? Absolutely. And, and hide these feelings if, if they're concerned about that. What's interesting is by the time a student is sharing that they have suicidal ideation, uh-huh. most of the time they want the parent to know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Let me turn us uh, back just a little bit to our situation with the pandemic. Uh, Cobb came through it. I would state a little bit better than a lot of folks because we were equipped for the educational side. But pandemic also equated to a lot of isolation. How have you seen that impact overall students' demeanor? Has that caused a problem that is now having to be dealt with? Or is that just the way things have always been with students? Student isolation has been very challenging, right? And we've definitely seen suicide and suicide ideation on the rise. Mm. Um, you know, connection is really important yeah. uh, just in society as a whole, but also in order for suicide prevention. And even a lot of what we teach in our prevention lessons is about telling each other, but then telling a trusted adult how you're feeling. Hmm. This may be a dumb question. Were you guys working yes, of throughout course. the pandemic? Absolutely. Okay, so if it's all virtual at that point, how mm-hmm. how were you were you setting up appointments with students we online? Were. Yeah, so students could make individual appointments with us if they uh-huh. needed to talk to us individually. But we were also going into schools or classes virtually and we were still delivering our suicide prevention lessons we were still working with teams so all of those services were still getting delivered we were even still doing crisis response virtually wow Mm -hmm. because the need never stops the need never stops so definitely a different way to deliver i'm so glad to be back face to face um, because again there's just nothing like that face-to-face contact when you're dealing with these kinds of issues. Yeah. And you got body language and things of that nature that kind of clue you in on what's going on, I'm sure, right? You do. Absolutely. And sometimes individuals don't want to talk. They just want somebody present, right? Mm. That actually goes back to one of the questions that you asked a minute ago that I didn't quite hit on all the way, but what can a parent do when they get home? Just be there for them. Just Mm. listen. Just be present. You know, that's hard for guys. I know, I know. Because I I don't know why it is, but it seems like a lot of us guys want to fix a problem. You want to be a fixer. Right. And just being there is, well, we're not designed necessarily for being the nurturer. But anyway, everybody needs a nurturer in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is something that just takes time. Yeah. Right? It's not going to be fixed overnight. It's going to be something that can be healed and can be fixed, but 
it's going to take some time and it's going to take some work. What can a parent do to prevent a student from reaching a, an ultimate point of despair? Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are some, some kids, doesn't matter what you say, they, they're, they're, so, uh, they're so shut down. What can a parent do at that point? Yep. And honestly, as much as parents want to protect their students, we see some of the most involved, amazing parents whose students still go through this, right? Yeah. So the best thing that parents can do is to listen to your students, really to look for those changes, right? When we see those physical changes or Mm -hmm. when we see those personality changes, to ask questions and find out about what's going on in your student's life. And when you notice things, to reach out for help. Okay. So then the question becomes what resources can we offer to parents in that regard. Yes, and we have a variety of resources that are available. We work with a number of therapists and providers in the area who are incredible. They are well vetted, and we go through our list every single year. Wow. And so, counselors, school social workers, psychiatrists in our schools have access to this list of resources, and we can provide parents all kinds of resources based on their insurance companies and location. Okay. So if it's a family that uh, maybe is on uh, having tough times, are there resources for them as well? There are. We work with a number of providers that have sliding scale or will even do some free assessments. Well, I, I can just tell you, uh, Missy, it's incredibly encouraging to know that you and your, your whole team are here. Oh, thank you. And uh, providing such support for families in Cobb. Um, Thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me. So be sure to follow us or subscribe, depending on where you listen, uh, be it on Spotify, iTunes, or some other outlet. You can even listen by clicking on the tiny little icon on the top right of the Cobb homepage, which is CobbK12.org. And that's where you will see the latest episode as well as all of the prior ones and the show notes and all of that sort of thing. So, folks, thank you so much for listening. And be sure to join us next time on the Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.